listening to episode 220 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we begin our look at season two of the Showcase Netflix series, Travelers. And it's good to be back with Travelers. This first episode's really good. But, uh, you know, outside of Travelers, what's your pick of the week for a show that maybe people should be checking out? I'm going to go with Z Nation. Oh, so. okay. Uh, yeah, I saw that came back. What are they about? That the second episode, maybe third of the uh, season? I think it was just the third, I believe. Uh, okay. So, um, mm. you know, like, I almost went with Walking Dead because you know, Walking Dead premiered uh, this past Sunday. It was really good, you know. But, uh, you know, it's so funny to watch Walking Dead and Z Nation kind of at the same time because Walking Dead is so intense and you know just the whole time and you're just on pins and needles basically the whole time and and you know z nation it's like i'll try to think like like basically the same things happen they're under siege all the time they're under threat all the time they characters die all the time but they just treat it in such i I don't know if i want to say lighthearted, but they definitely have a much lighter touch a more comedic touch that even like the fight scenes, which are you know filmed with like gritty realism on The Walking Dead, is done in the kind of comic book superhero type uh, uh, style on Z Nation. That it's you know you kind of get a little bit of both. You get a good zombie story, plus it's funny. The characters are cool. You like the characters, so I'll go with Z Nation. Okay, cool. Well, now I'm not going to go with Van Helsing, although I, I love Van Helsing and it's certainly in that vein, but I'm just really loving The Gifted. And I'm not going to say I'm surprised, but I guess after the disappointment that was in humans, I, you know, looked at The Gifted with a little bit of trepidation. But so far, I haven't seen the fourth episode yet, but it's really good. And I know last week you said you haven't started watching it and you may not, but. Yeah. No, you know, we got Stranger Things coming up. So I got my. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What is that? Saturday? Uh, Friday. So so it's the 20, it's the 27th. Okay. Which is Friday. So does that mean it's going to drop at midnight Thursday into Friday? Oh, you're my Netflix expert. I don't know. Yeah. For really? I I thought you would know that. I don't know that. I know. Not that I'm staying up Thursday night so, to watch it. But, I'm trying uh, to think the only time I, when, uh, that I watched a show, like, actually, or I, I thought about watching it when it dropped, might have been maybe The Defenders. Oh, okay. And I think it was over the summer, so I was able to watch, like, the first two episodes or something. I'm trying to think whether it dropped, I can't remember whether it dropped the night, you know, like, yeah, like you said, Thursday going to Friday or Friday. I'm not watching it Thursday night if it's dropping then. I but, yeah, you uh, got to go to work the next day. But I was kind of hoping so. I'd be able to watch it Friday night. I'm kind of like hopefully putting that, penciling that in. So uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. All right, cool. All right, well, uh, you know, we're going to get to Travelers in a second. But, you know, as always, Wayne and I want to remind you guys, love to hear from you. We've got an email to read tonight. And that address is sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. You can go to the website, leave us a voicemail if you want. There's a leave voicemail tab there. Record your own audio clip if you want. Send us a tweet at sci-fi TV rewatch. But 
I think more importantly, we'd encourage you to join the Facebook group, join the discussions there. Uh, I think they've got a live uh, watch of some horror movie. I think it's The Fury that's going on. I, I saw they've been writing about that this week on the Facebook group. So obviously we're recording and I'm not sure I'd be watching The Fury anyway because I am at the end of season three of Buffy and any spare time I have is devoted to that. But all right. So uh, we did get a piece of listener feedback and this is from Daniel in New Zealand who says, hey guys, I've been enjoying your podcast about Dark Angel immensely. The show was always a big favorite of mine when it originally aired and having the chance to watch it again with the added bonus of also listening to your analysis of the episodes through the eyes of a first time viewer has added a lot to my viewing experience. I've noticed that you guys did a podcast on another of my all time favorites, Buffy, but only on the first two episodes. So if once you're finished doing Dollhouse, you want to do more episodes of Buffy, I'd certainly be really grateful. It would be the incentive I'm looking for to give the show another watch from the beginning. Keep up the great work, guys. And Dan, thanks a lot. Um, you, you know, sure. I, I know you don't look at the stats on the uh, on the different episodes, but we have been getting, uh, you know, I don't want to say a lot of downloads with Dark Angel, but a steady flow. And, it, you know, it's really good. I'll, I'll put out a tweet every once in a while, say, hey, if you're doing a rewatch of dark angel lost girl whatever uh you know check out our podcast and give the link so uh you know really good that you're enjoying that daniel and then as for doing more buffy you know we talked about i think i still have to watch deadpool before you watch any more buffy right absolutely yeah i refuse to watch anything you suggest until until you watch deadpool Right. So, and, and I, I understand that. So, <laughs> nothing against uh, Buffy because I really like Buffy. That was good. It's just, you know, you know, I don't know. I could, I could see us doing it, but it's just like, it's just, it's an intimidating, like, commitment to make, you know. Well, it is. Yeah. I mean, even each season is 22, but, right. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we've got, uh, tr- we've got travelers opening up now. Once we're done with travelers, we move on to the librarians. And then, you know, we'll, we'll take some time to figure out what our next uh, show is going to be. So our next show tonight is episode 201 of season two of Travelers entitled Ave Machina. And this one's written by creator Brad Wright, directed by Andy Makita, who, you know, has directed tons of Brad Wright stuff, Stargate SG-1, Travelers. And this one aired October 16th, 2007 on Showcase in Canada. So in terms of a little bit of Traveler news, according to Riley Dolman, and he plays Philip on the show, according to his Instagram, Netflix US is going to drop Travelers on December 26th, which means they'll only be up to episode 211 in Canada. So Again, the U.S. audience is going to have access to the final episode right. before it airs on Showcase. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. That, you know? Yeah, yeah, again, who, who is it for us to, to comment on these things anymore, you know? Like, like, we used to get all bent about stuff like this, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever, right? The, the, hey, the good thing is... It's airing in both places. The Canadians get to see it. The Americans get to see it. Everybody's happy eventually. So. Right. All right. Well. And the Canadians, if they want, can watch the final episode early, right? F- absolutely. 
So, all right. Um, I, I really like this episode a lot. And, and, you know, anytime you've got a season premiere, expectations are sky high. So I really like that. Number one, they, they picked up, you know, right where they left off and, and, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But I think the first thing that really strikes me are the significant additions they've made to the cast, which, you know, in my mind really shows a commitment to the show because number mm-hmm. one, we've got Amanda Tapping right. as Dr. Pirelli, awesome. who is Victor's therapist. And, and of course, we know her as Samantha Carter in SG-1, Dr. Helen Magnus in Sanctuary, and, and you know, just tons of other stuff. And of course, as we've said many times, she's now a big time A-list director for mm-hmm. a lot of these sci-fi shows as well. So yeah, it, it was great to see her. Enrico Colantoni, who plays Victor, a.k.a. Traveler 001. Now, you did not watch Veronica Mars, correct? No, I, you know, I was actually just looking at his uh, IMDb page because he looked familiar. But no, I haven't seen Veronica Mars. Okay, because he played Kristen Bell's dad in the show, and he's awesome. Keith Mars. I, I, I love Veronica Mars. I love Kristen Bell, as you, you know, and a sure. uh, big fan of The Good Place. Uh, and then, of course, Stephen Lobo as Agent Wakefield, the yeah. FBI agent that's heading the investigation, and we know him as Matthew Kellogg from Continuum. Sure. So three really great additions to an already excellent cast. Right. And it it certainly appears as if all three are, are not going to be one and done, at least I certainly hope not. No, no, it seems like, yeah. I mean, you know, we assume Vincent is going to be the big bad for the whole, you know, uh, season i mean again uh, you know the, the the cliche about what you do when you assume but um but steven lobo i mean he's been taken over so you know he's going to be there and you know we just really 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 want to see more amanda tapping so you know yeah absolutely and you know if we want to call this a paradigm shift i think that's probably fair because the addition of victor's character and, and what we learn about him and his role in, in the whole Traveler uh, universe is is pretty huge. And it's going to have a big impact on you know where the story goes in, in season two. But all of that said, I think it would be reasonable if this episode was called Dusex Machina because yeah. that was kind of the mother of all Dusex Machinas, as far as I'm concerned. You know uh, the, how they the reveal. Get- yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, how they get out? Oh, oh, being yeah. In FBI custody. Right, right. Because yeah. it was pretty cool, and we'll talk about it. You know how they uh, coordinate their escape, and they get to the room with the device, and it was all a ruse. Right. That that was what you know he expected them to do. So now they're back in custody again. So that kind I don't of. know that that was kind of pushing it for me. Yeah. That aside, everything else I thought was really great. Now, you know, this show is really complex, as most good time travel shows are. So I I had to kind of go back and and refresh my memory about a few things. And certainly one is the device, this quantum frame that apparently allows the director to send itself back in time to the present. But... The only problem is we're not sure if that really occurred. Like at the end of season one, when the FBI bursts in 
and you know McLaren doesn't get a chance to destroy the device, we're not sure exactly what happened, and I don't know that we still are. Well, you know? they didn't destroy the device. Well, yeah, yeah, but but whether or not the director sent itself back oh. to the present. So so we don't really know yeah. unless I miss something. So all the FBI guys got travelers sent into them, right? Right. So, so we've got 25 travelers. Who right. sent them? Right. That's that's my question. Because we've got the faction and we've got the director. Right. And, and, you know, th- those both raise some other issues as well. But did one of them send these 25 travelers? And, and what is Vincent able to do from his little terminal in his uh, little compound there? So, well, a uh, lot, apparently. Yeah. And, and, and there's a few. I don't want to say they're flaws because I guess there's a reasonable explanation. But, we'll, again, we'll get to that in a second. So everybody's a traveler at this point except for David, Ray, the lawyer, and Kat, Grant's wife. Right? I guess Jeffrey's not. But it's going to be interesting to see how they play that. I mean, how long until those three are brought into the loop? I mean, maybe not uh, have travelers, you know, inhabit them, but that you know they're they're made privy to what the actual truth is and how are they going to handle it uh, of the three i think ray's probably best able to handle it yeah and cat and cat maybe least well i think i'd say jeffrey probably the least would be oh the okay good point that. good point yeah well he'll just dr- drink himself into uh yeah there's something whatever. to be said for that though too so yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, the other thing is that we were left with in season one is the, the deal with Shelter 41. And it, it appears we have two different timelines. And, and did it get destroyed or not? Because the future that McLaren and his team left, it was destroyed. And right. there was no faction. But since Shelter 41 was never destroyed by you know the weather collapsing its roof in the other timeline... Does that mean the whole asteroid deflection thing worked? And I, I don't know. I mean, Grace comes from a future in which it did not collapse. Right. So, you know, so are, are they parallel timelines, alternate timelines, branched? Did, they, did it change? Change time? Yeah. yeah. We don't well, know. But- so we're still so unsure, basically, what the rules are for time travel in travelers anyway right because we're right you know season one was kind of laying it out for us but had not done so entirely right so you know i'm sure we'll get more information and i think the introduction of vincent is just i mean mind-boggling on the one hand for what it can do because i i guess you could look at it that okay they just answered all of these questions that we had from season one Okay, now what? But the yeah. now what, it just it goes off in a different direction, just as compelling. So what they did, and I, I think they did it well, any season premiere, I mean, you got to blow the socks off of your viewers, which I certainly think they did with the Vincent aspect. But you also have to touch base with everybody. And, and we don't have a huge cast here, but, but I like what they did. So, for instance, we've been mentioning Jeff. Uh, the last couple minutes yep. and and we see a little bit of him 
And his big dilemma is he's got to explain why he shot that girl. Now, we know he shot her to save Carly, yes, right? right. But Carly won't come forward and corroborate his story. Yeah, Carly won't do it. Carly's in the wind. Right. Now, is it that she won't or that she can't? I mean, I, I think certainly, arguably, for a while here, she just can't because she's in FBI custody. So the question is, will she? And, I mean, what do you think? I mean, he's been drinking on the job. They've taken his badge. They've taken his gun. And it's not because of the drinking. It's It sounds as if it's normal procedure anytime an officer is involved in a uh, discharging right. his or her weapon. And in his defense, it sounds like he went out and got a couple drinks after they took his badge and gun. So I don't think it was quite on the job, you know. N- n- true. Well, though he is in uniform still and, True. and you know his his partner does smell it but we also learned this girl was no angel herself and that apparently she killed both of her parents as well, well. so there is that we, we saw that yeah yeah so he still needs her to corroborate his story and, and i guess the question that comes out of the the brief interaction we have with him is what's her motivation going to be to help jeffrey out she has his, you know, proverbial, you know, nuts in her hand. So, you know, she can probably name the terms as she wishes. But I think right now she's just a little busy with, you know, what's going on in her life to really pay much mind to Jeffrey at all. Right now, she does bring up the baby and we know how much she has bonded with baby Jeffrey. And, you know, when she is screaming at her interrogator, uh, you know, when she's in FBI custody, I wasn't sure whether she was really, you know, feeling that way or if that was part of the lead up to when they were going to coordinate their escape. Probably it's a little of both, but I think her motivation might be that it'll, you know, get him, I guess, more easily to allow her to keep baby jeffrey without a big fight but you know at the end of the day he's seen too many weird things happen with her too many changes that this is really going to be cool again as the season progresses to see how he plays into all this because how long can she keep it a secret from him right well easily forever because who would believe such yeah we've we've talked about this before like you say Okay, Jeffrey, you got me. Actually, I'm a time traveler from the future, and the girl you know as Carly is gone. I've taken over her body. Uh, I don't believe you. Prove it to me. Okay, so then all she's got to do is go, hey, Philip, you know, give me something that's going to happen tomorrow that I'd have no way. You, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, there would be ways. But, or he'd say, I don't believe you. Um, I'm going to have you locked up in an insane asylum. You know? Right. Right. So I just think there's going to come a time when he's going to stumble on something and there's just going to be no way out of it. But uh, we also see a little bit of Trevor and Grace in the hospital after being they were both shot at the end of season one. And I, I, I like the way they you know, that was kind of the the, the one humorous scene. He's still all doped right. up. You know, he's like, oh, thank you for saving me. And she's like. I'm the one that got shot. Yeah, I mean, he got shot too, mm-hmm. but um, but he's, oh, I'm all doped up. But we see that surgeon 
that's brought in by right. somebody to work on grace and you know when they're not looking well, he's the guy who came in before right to work on, on oh you're on, right right so he comes yeah. in and injects her with the nanites which obviously yeah. speeds up the healing and then she comes in she's dragging her little iv uh tower in to see trevor and you know gives him some of her nanites to help his healing because otherwise we find out that he may lose the use of his legs which you know we see his parents just briefly um and, and i think we said this at the time his mother terrell rothery is a stargate sg1 alum as well so uh you know another homecoming of, of sorts with amanda tapping but once the team realizes Trevor's going to be okay, do you remember that scene? Uh, I forget whether it's Mac who says it, that, you know, we should all go home and, and you know, get some rest. And Philip says, no, I'm going to stay. He would stay. And I'm like, takes me back to, again, when the two of them were staying together, you know, I guess when Trevor felt he had to get out of his house and, you know, the, the bond that, that those two are perhaps forming, but I, I thought it was really meaningful, really touching that, that Philip, and I don't want to say of all people, because that implies, oh, what, because he's a junkie, he wouldn't have a heart, which, you know, that, that's not fair. But I, I just thought it was really meaningful, him, him saying that and doing that. Well, yeah, and we've kind of said all along that, I, at least I've always felt that, Philip is kind of dealing with more stuff than the other team members are, right? Oh, that, yes. You know, he you know, gets whisked into a body that's addicted to heroin, and so here he is trying to um, you know, recover and you know, he's you know, he's really got it wrong. And so, you know, he's and plus he has such an integral role in the team that he's got to be on point all the time. Um, you know, I kind of like think that he's maybe kind of gotten a short straw on this deal here, you know? Oh, yeah. As the historian, he, he's got to keep all of that information really, you know, at, at you know an immediate recall. But it made me think, we don't necessarily know how long they've been in custody, but I know we have heard what his timetable is for how, how long he can go without his next dose. And it seems like it's been a while. And, and I wonder is this the perfect time for him to kick his habit and get clean? Well, I don't think it's as easy as all that, but, but uh, yeah, he might have no choice there. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think much time has passed. So I think everything that we've seen here, except for obviously the, the flashbacks with Vincent, but everything that's happening to the team, it seems like it's happening I got a feeling it's happening like in a, in a day. Oh, well, right. But I, you know, the time frame, and I forget what it is, but it was, it seems like it was 16 or 18 hours or something like that. Yeah. But I, I guess I'm thinking more along the lines of the fact that they don't have a mission at hand. And he's already gone this long. He's got Marcy who, who can wean him off whatever it is he's on. And I just wonder whether that's going to be something that we'll see in the next episode or two that, and then we'll end up seeing a, a totally different Philip who, as you said, has really been operating, you know, w with an unfair disadvantage. So I, yep. I, I'm, I'm hoping to see that. I, I think that would be uh, 
you know, a reasonable way to go. Now, the other one, and he's a character that I think has grown on all of us. I, you know, I certainly did not like David uh, initially <laughs> in season one. Right. And Yeah, and I had some harsh words for David as well, I will admit. But I think what what I've really seen at the end of season one and – you know, so far at the beginning of this season, I mean, he is a stand-up guy. There's no question. He has a lot to come to terms with far more than anybody else because of the whole, basically, the assassination of the, the guy that was, right. uh, or termination. I guess it wasn't, I don't know technically what the difference between uh, a termination. You, yeah, I think you'd be okay. Either Either term would be appropriate, right. I think. But- we see him in custody for questioning, and I love Ray turns up as his lawyer. Yeah, well, you're probably looking at nine or ten years. Ah, I'm just playing with you. Yeah. <laughs> David's like Ian Tracy's the best. Oh, man. he is the best. Uh, but we hear that phone message that Marcy leaves for him, and not that we needed that to know that David's in love with her, but. I think it also surprised the FBI agent because I think he was expecting this bombshell message that was going to really reveal something. And mm-hmm. all it was was her like, really, thank you for helping me. And yeah. I don't want you to think I just disappeared. And, and you know, so I'm, uh, you know, letting you know. But but what was perhaps the most, uh, I, I don't know, gut-wrenching scene in the whole episode is him trying to clean up the blood in his apartment you know after Mm -hmm. marcy shot that guy and what the hell must he be thinking about her okay is she a spy is she an assassin i mean clearly she's got the uh sharpshooting skills i mean i mean what's the most bizarre thing he could think of i mean is she an alien i I mean not you know he's probably not going to go there probably spy would be Right. Uh, number one, but. Anything but time travel, I think he would buy. Well, and, and <laughs> I, I I said it last year, and I, I'm going to probably keep harping on it until they do bring him in to the truth. Because I think more so than the rest of them, Ray, I think, would be, uh, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, maybe I'm saying that because of, uh, his continuum experience but right I, I wonder though how long until david is brought into the mix becomes a host perhaps or worse a messenger because i really think that was one of the things that gets driven home in the story with vincent about what really does happen with these adult messengers and and maybe it came up in season one about the reason they use the kids is that you know, that they can recover from having been used as a messenger and, and adults don't, you know, have that, that uh, ability. But uh, so it'd be interesting to see what happens with David. But the, the two main stories obviously take up uh, the, the main team, Mac, Marcy, Carly, and Philip, who are all in FBI custody. And, and then, of course, uh, Vincent. So, so why don't we talk about the the FBI custody story uh, first? Okay. Because they're all in these individual interrogation rooms, and it's not clear whether it's known that they're communicating with each other with you know their embedded comms, uh, 
nobody's going to talk. Nobody's saying anything. I forget who who it was was saying something to kind of be funny. I think it might have been Philip, but I don't even remember what he says. But but Max focus, which is destroy the device, whatever you do, destroy. The, so again, it goes back to what I was saying at the top of the podcast. We don't know exactly what the quantum frame really can do. I mean, we know supposedly the director can send itself back, but what else? Don't know. All right. Yeah. And that's, I think what, what freaks, you know, Grant out about the whole thing is just like, you know, what is this thing? What can it do? And, and, you know, we don't know. We don't know if it's good. We don't know if it's bad. Um, He's kind of going on the assumption that whatever is happening in the future is bad. Right. Right. And and we don't necessarily know that. I mean, we like we said, Shelter 41 apparently didn't collapse. So is the situation as dire as what they left? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But but whatever, that, that whole idea about decisions should be made by people not a machine it is a conflict I think that's likely going to get explored quite a bit in season two and seems to be the basic conflict that the faction has with the director calling the shots. Um, we find out they have a comm device that they extracted from Trevor. I were, were you surprised that they were able to piece together as much as they apparently did? Yeah, Definitely. I, they just got to move the story forward, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Mac. You know, I mentioned Carly and the baby. Mac is concerned about Cat. I mean, you know, he's far more concerned about destroying the device, but but he does bring up Cat. Right. He's slightly concerned about Cat, right? Which it it goes back to you know obviously we had the relationship between Mac and Carly in you know in season one, and obviously that that's a relationship that that. Uh, began in the future but i think you know she's starting to get the idea that he really cares for his wife now so you know i I, we're gonna have to address i would think cat and and everything she experienced with the plane crash although they wiped her remember they wiped her right right right. so you wonder whether this is going to be like a little dollhouse thing where she's going to have some residual memories perhaps Uh could be could be but regardless, she does remember that she thinks he's cheating on her. I'm, pre- yeah. I'm pretty sure that, that, that we'll get that. So, so that'll of be- Of course she remember that. Yeah. Now, the other thing, though, that I, I mean, I find it funny now, and I didn't necessarily find it funny then, but she brings up the fact that she was ordered to kill him. But you know what? I decided I'm not going to. He was like, yeah, I was hoping you'd make that decision. But, yeah. Who gave the order to kill Mac? Right. Now, I, I guess, you know, we'll talk about Vincent in a second. We assume it was Vincent. So, you know, for now, I guess we'll leave it there. But we don't know because we don't know. That's the thing because of the the nature of the time travel. It's just one way. So we don't know what's happening in the future, really. I, I can't say at all because we get glimpses like when Grace came back, you know, we get you know, some little, you know, vignettes, but really 
they have no idea what's going on in the future and they're being controlled by the future. They're getting their orders from the future, right? Right. So if they can't trust the source of those orders, then that kind of shakes them to their core, right? Because they're trained to trust the director implicitly. Right. But I guess I'm going with the uh, line of reasoning that Victor is so paranoid that the director has sent somebody back to kill him that his, you know, his, his life has become uh, find out when a traveler appears and then find out what he or she knows, kill him, don't kill him, whatever. So I guess that's why I thought maybe it's Vincent. But like you said, we don't know. So that's a question. But it seems like there's more to this whole operation that Vincent has going than just that, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So... All right, well, we get introduced to Agent Wakefield, played by Stephen Lobo, and I like his attitude, you know, the character's attitude right away. I'm on to you, you know, the character grouping, the people you hang out with, it makes no sense. we got a single mom, an FBI agent, a teenager, a junkie, an intellectually challenged woman. Do you think I'm stupid? (laughs) And... I, I I love that attitude. I love, you know, the, the coordinated breakout that, you know, he takes one for the team. And I like when he comes back into the operations room and uh, uh, I, he says, well, they didn't kill anybody. You owe me a dollar. So they must, <laughs> they must have bet on that. Right. But, well, and you know, Stephen Lobo is, I mean, he's great, you know, and he's an awesome TV actor. And um, yeah, but he, he doesn't necessarily stray a lot his roles you know he's always going to play the kind of you know sarcastic type guy you know he does it well that's for sure yeah so um yeah he's perfect this is a perfect role for him it is great to see him back again you know now i just again not to harp on the destroy the device thing that that mac keeps uh purporting but the other thing, I mean, does he want to destroy it simply because it's advanced tech? I mean, that would be a good reason, but... Lose the tech. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, good one. But <laughs> nice, I, right? I think yeah. it is probably more than that. And and I, I don't know how much he really knows because, uh, you know, Grace and, gosh, I can't... Uh, the guy who was also in Stargate SG-1, yeah. uh, the guy back at the ranch right. uh, that uh, built the machine... Uh, you know, they really had a, a sense of what it can do, but they deactivate their comms. And again, maybe it was me, but I, I felt like a sense of finality that, well, what, can you not reactivate them? I, I mean, I got to believe they can. I mean, of course, deactivating them doesn't allow Wakefield to listen in anymore. And, right. and he's visibly pissed when, when he realizes that's what they're doing. But then again, it also answers his question about what that little device actually is. So I was surprised that they did that. I mean, but, okay. And then, uh, you know, we do get, and, and one of the things about this show is you have to keep going back and listening to uh, certain segments more than one a lot of times more than twice because uh, 
you know, the device had, we learned, a fail safe that would trigger itself if Wakefield opened it up. I'm thinking like, well, I didn't see him open anything up. Now, that doesn't mean right. he didn't. But, you know, there's this mass transfer. It's all 25 people in the room are now travelers. And now the plan is to dismantle the device, not destroy it, dismantle it. So, right. you know, maybe that's semantics. I, I guess, again, we'll find out. But who's calling the shots now? Uh, you know, we, we know Grace supposedly rebooted the director. So is this war, if we want to call it a war, is this the director versus Vincent at this point? Is Vincent behind the faction? I mean, uh, there's so, so many. It seems like it, right? So many possibilities that are, uh, you know, really pretty cool to have in, in mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. Now, I, I guess the highlight of this episode is clearly the introduction of Victor and we learn everything. Well, from- I thought the highlight was the coordinated breakout. That was super cool. Yeah, it, it was no question. And, and to me, what was even cooler was the fact that Wakefield anticipated they would do it and, you know, let them get to a certain point and then, you know, brought him back again but i mean just the, the fact that victor answers so many questions for us and raises a whole another group for season two i mean and i like the whole idea that they use this therapy session for him to unburden himself and at first i thought all right well clearly uh, the doctor i think her name is pirelli Clearly, she must be a traveler of some point because uh, of some type because he's telling her everything. Well, I don't think she is. She just doesn't believe him. She thinks he's delusional, which, of course, is understandable. And and she says, "I think you sure. need to be on medication because I'm not helping you." So. You know, one of my first questions, what's his true end game? Well, his end game, I guess, is stay alive. Right. That yeah. take out well, anybody that I view as a threat from the future. I, I at first I thought his end game was just, you know, to survive and to avoid the the wrath of the director. But it seems like he's got you know definitely got something else going. You know, and, and you, you could say, you know, world domination, whatever. I don't know if he's really looking for that. But there's <clears throat> that last scene definitely kind of, you know, took me for a loop to see that he's, you know, he's the guy that captured or, you know, he runs the group that uh, that captured all them and was asking them all those questions on the computer. Well, see, I just think that speaks to his paranoia. I mean, he's convinced that the director is going to send somebody to kill him because he's right and he's right i mean he was the first traveler zero zero one he was sent as a proof of concept to to see that we could actually do this and the idea was he was going to inhabit the body of this stockbroker who was going to die in one of the twin towers in the 9-11 disaster but something happens and he ends up in the body of the IT guy. 
And he takes that as a mission failure. Now, right. I, I don't know, is he in a position to make that call? You know, he does apparently try to contact the director, but the computer keeps freezing. Well, of course it does. It's a damn Windows machine. What do you expect? Yeah. If they'd had a Mac, then... <laughs> exactly. It'd be, it'd be no problem. Everything would have been of fine. Of course he would have died then. Right. But he decides right away that I've got to stay off the grid completely. So he is to the point where no cell phones, I assume no internet, which will bring up uh, you know a, a potential flaw in a couple of minutes, but he doesn't mm-hmm. want to leave any kind of uh, an electronic footprint that would enable the director to track him down and then take him out. Because as, as we said, we he's Rich, convinced. Yeah, that- you think about this day and age to go through life, uh, you know, never having your picture put up on social media just in and of itself is like next to impossible yeah yeah right oh no question right but i guess he's got to stay away from anything that could get him you know that could get him pinched well yeah and uh, i guess it goes back to he decides that why should i die right that the mission failed so now i'm going to i'm going to be the one to give the next order and I guess when we look at the whole situation, um, number one, why does he see it as a failed mission? It seems to me that it was successful. Yes, it, it you know there was this little uh, hiccup, if you will, but you know on the one hand, should he simply have carried out the mission he thought he was going to uh, be going into? He right. went into that mission expecting to die. And then suddenly it's like, ah, well, this happened. So now I've got an excuse for why I can do what I'm going to do. And then to make sure that I can keep living this life, I'm going to kill anybody that I view as a threat. So it's going to be difficult moving forward to view Victor in a positive light. Or am I I wrong? No, definitely. No, not at all. But I don't think it takes a long time for us to get there. Because for so much of this episode, we sympathize with him. Uh, and even, you know, um, having, oh, what's the actors? The, uh, um, Enrico uh, Colin Tony uh, play him. You know, he's not, like, no, no offense, Enrico, but he's, you know, he's not like a Johnny Depp or a Leonardo. You know, he doesn't have, like, these classic greek god sculpture type physical attributes he looks like a normal guy so what that does is we you know we empathize and we sympathize with him pretty much right away so when he makes that decision to jet out of the of the tower before the the plane hits it well i mean we kind of get it you know if you knew that that was going to happen would you stick around or would you go Right, right. I mean, probably most people would say I would leave, and and he, and it's not like he just rolls out. He says he tries to tell everyone, "Get out of here!" Like if you yeah. stay here, you're going to die. And of course, no one believes him, but he tried. You know, he's like he knows, like people are going to think I'm crazy, but he tried. So we, 
you know, and then like the story, he meets his wife and has a kid and all the stuff and his wife is killed. That's terrible. So we really, really build up a strong amount of sympathy for him. But then all of a sudden, just like that, boom, it's gone. And we realize, no, this guy is, is, is a complete, you know, vicious, evil, nasty guy. Right. Now he does imply that history has been changed, which then goes back to the whole time travel thing. And it's like, we need Michael R. I mean, he's like, he's Mr. Time travel, but, (laughs) but does he see history having been changed based on what he knew from the future? Now, is that as a result of McLaren's team doing what they did? Is that, you know, is what they did the reason that, Shelter 41 did not collapse. I mean, we don't know, but that's, uh, again, something else that's thrown out there. But, you know, you you mentioned his wife, and he claims that they, who we assume, you know, somebody that the director sent, found him twice. And the first time was when his wife uses her camera to take a picture of him with their baby to send to a friend and... Then, of course, now the photos online, like you were alluding to a few minutes ago, it's hard to you know, stay off the net. And next thing you know, a messenger is sent through his wife and an adult cannot tolerate being used as a messenger. So they deliver the right. message and then they die of an aneurysm. Yes. So, you know, on the, like you said, it, it's at the beginning we feel sympathetic, but then once we find out really what this guy's all about, you feel certainly horrible that his wife had to die. She was the innocent in all of this. And the right. second, though, which I thought was pretty cool, okay, it's like, all right, they bring this up in uh, Buffy, you know, how do vampires make their money? You know, how do they earn a living? How does how does Angel have this great place to mm-hmm. live? Uh, so he figures, all right, I'm going to establish a company, sell software, predict market trends, except there really is no software. Right? I'm just using my right. memory of the future as a predictor. And then right. that, that scene when his partner comes in and they've got an offer to sell out, which it, it certainly sounds like a great, great deal. And then it's when his partner whips out his cell phone. No, I'm calling this guy. You're going to hear him out. Now, you know, and then, of course, his partner drops dead of an aneurysm himself, which I guess we could argue, well, that was pretty damn quick (laughs) that that they got on. Well, but, you know, the future has forever to, to come up with this stuff, right? Well, true. Like, they can send the hit back to a specific point in time, but... That doesn't. They they have forever to to figure out what that point in time is. Right. Right. So. Right. Yeah. But you know, back to the sessions. I mean, what's the point? Is it simply to have human contact? I mean, he has a son, so he has contact with the son. Although it seems, uh, you know, that brief scene where the son comes in because the dog wants to go out. It's almost like, geez, what? Do you not let your son go out either? Do you? Yeah. what homeschool them and the sun does. yeah I, we don't know but yeah well i mean i i would say maybe he does you know, like he's being super super paranoid and careful because he knows any little thing that gets out about him can reveal where he is or when he is right but i mean certainly what we have to look at uh you know going down the rest of the season 
he he certainly doesn't seem loyal to the director. He may no, definitely not be part of the faction. I guess it's possible he started the faction from the 21st century, but uh, we don't know when Dr. Pirelli leaves his house. You see, she got a call on her cell phone from an unknown caller. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to say it freaked her out, but it, she already she didn't answer it. Yeah. And she already seemed a little jumpy. I mean, you know, the guy knocked on her window. It, I mean, we, we don't necessarily know whether or not this was the first session she had with Vincent or not, but she seems a little jumpy. So who, who was this unknown caller? Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but no, nope, I don't even just delete them. I don't want to know, but yeah, yeah. Right. But then we get to that final scene, the, the big reveal, which, you know, uh, I can't imagine having anything better to end this episode no, it's quality. Yeah, they establish that he's the one responsible for capturing and questioning the traveler teams. You know, we see him at his computer typing, when are you from? So here's my problem. Right. Okay. He must be on the internet to get that from his computer to Shh. the monitor wherever these well, people are. Unless, well, not unless, not if he has... Like a closed network, right? That's all hardwired. Okay, so that means that these interrogation rooms are in his basement? I'm just brainstorming. I don't know. But I'm just saying if he didn't want to be online, he could have just an internal network. Okay. Um, But but that's a Or it could be like, well, yeah, or it's something that's not going to point to him. Like the director wouldn't figure on 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 that whatever whatever he's doing with that group as as him being responsible for that you know okay okay but i mean just what a mind-blowing ending there that you know okay fine now we know all of that so so here's you know in terms of what's his end game his life seems to be to monitor traveler entries into the 21st century tracking them down finding out what they know, killing them, not killing them. Uh, but uh, this is this is all him. And and so what does he have a bunch of like big guys that, that he hires to go around yeah. and abduct these people? You know, I mean, the the people yeah. he's using I doubt are travelers unless right. unless somehow he knows they're yeah, loyal to him, but we got a lot of questions answered, but we got just as many new questions to mull over. So right, I just mean, it's kind of like the indicator of a good episode, right? Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was a great episode and, and I liked it the yeah. first time I watched it, but the rewatch, it, it just really blew me away in so, in so many different parts. So, so I assume episode two, we're going to have, you know, the team, uh, you know, coming back together. I, I don't know what the doctors are going to do with Grace and Trevor and their miraculous recoveries, because you know that's going to happen. Yeah. So I, I guess the the traveler doctor will will sign both of them out. You know, what's Trevor going to do? Is he going to go home to his parents? Don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, what's David's role going to be? What's what, you know, the, is there anything that's going to happen between 
him and Marcy. I mean, that scene at the very end where he's just sitting on the floor, he'd been trying to scrub the blood out of the wood and she's got her arm around him. And, and she says, why don't you take the bed? I'll take the couch. He's like, yeah, I'm just so tired. And I'm thinking like, yeah, he, he's just got to be just emotionally empty at this point mm-hmm. on, on so many different levels. But like I said, great episode. I don't know if there's anything else you want to throw out there. No, no, that was pretty, I think we pretty much covered everything. So did you give it a letter grade? Yeah, I gave it an A. Okay, so did I. Um, I liked it. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, you know, live in your world for a little bit and and keep the pluses to to a minimum, the A pluses, that is. Uh, Right, (laughs) Um, right. Although you got to talk to your boy, Michael, there. He's been given a lot of five out of fives on Den of Geek. Really? Yeah, he used to never. He's always like, dude, you gave that a 3.5? I thought it was pretty good. Now, like, he, he's reviewing Dirk Gently, which is one of his shows right okay. now. And, and I, every week, he, like, I don't watch Dirk Gently. I just I just look on there to see what he gave the show. But uh, anyway, all right. Well, it's really good to be back with Travelers. Uh, what I'm going to yeah. try to do, we're recording, and it looks like we're probably going to be recording on Tuesdays moving forward and and obviously our release day for the podcast has been friday but since travelers is airing on mondays i'm gonna do my best to try to get it edited gosh i'm gonna try to get it edited tomorrow and maybe even get it posted wednesday night but but maybe a day early so i'll throw it out on the facebook group if i do that or uh on twitter and and just try to get it a day maybe two days earlier than usual and and you know no, you got nothing better to do. So, oh, my, really... dude, I, you know it, it's funny. It's, <laughs> I, 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 I wish that was. Well, no, I don't wish. That. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm very content. I've got a lot to do. You know, I'm covering Lucifer. So, so my Mondays are are spent with Lucifer. Uh, fortunately, Lucifer airs a day earlier in Canada. Uh-huh. So um, I'm, you know, able to to see that and then van helsing is on thursday i've got screeners for that so i'm you know kind of working on that as we're going along travelers so i'm staying busy uh, i should be out trimming well, my good. bushes but yeah. you should be i know so i went by the other day they looked like a mess i know sorry but i'm just kidding I didn't I, go no. <laughs> all right well that's going to do it for us tonight i want to thank you guys for joining us love to hear what you think about travelers anything else in genre tv Encourage you to join the Facebook group. Share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. Spread the word if you're already a member. Emails, as always, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab on the website. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 2, Episode 2 of Travelers, titled Protocol 4. But until then... Uh, I got nothing.